Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word for November 7th, 2023. I'm teaching a series on the parables of Jesus. We already did a series earlier this year on the miracles of Jesus. I'm teaching the parables of Jesus now. This is part 94 of the series of the parables. I mean, think about that. 94 different messages, and we're still going through many of the parables. And the title of today's message, because I'm dealing with the parable of the Good Samaritan, the title of today's message is Compassion for All People, Love Without Limits. Put in the chat, I will have compassion for all people. Put in the chat, I have love without limits. When you see what I'm about to talk about, you're going to see this is really the heart of God, compassion for all people. I'm talking about being able to be the hands and the feet of Jesus in this world. Get ready for the word. excited about this message. And so as I get into it, before we actually get into the parable itself, there's a scripture that we've been looking at, Psalms 126 and verse 4. And there's a scripture we've been looking at all year. I want to go right back to it again this morning. The Bible says, this is because at our church, we believe that this is a season of refreshing and restoring for us. So if there's in any area of your life that is dried up, this is a season for the Lord to refresh you and to restore you. Say amen to that. The Bible says, now, Lord, do it again. Say, Lord, do it again. Do it again for me. Restore us to the former glory. May streams of your refreshing flow over us until dry hearts are drenched again. Put in the chat, no dry areas for me. All right, so Luke chapter 10, verses 25 through 37. This is the parable of the Good Samaritan. This is what the Bible says. An expert in the law, a lawyer, a know-it-all lawyer, came up to Jesus to test Jesus. Really, dude, you're going to test Jesus? He said, teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said, well, you know what's written in the law, and what do you understand from it? He said, well, I believe that I have to love the Lord my God, God with all my heart, all my mind, all my soul, all my strength, and that I also have to love my neighbor as myself. Jesus said, well, you, your answer is right. Do that. You have eternal life. But the man wanted to show that the way he was living was right. And so, you know, he didn't really have love for everybody. He had love for the people that he considered to be his neighbor. So he said to Jesus, but who is my neighbor? <laughs> he was like, let's make sure I understand who my neighbor is. And so to answer the question, Jesus told the story because he knew the man's heart. The man didn't really extend the love of God to everybody. His love was limited to the Jews. And so this is what Jesus said. He says, okay, so a man was going down the road from Jerusalem to Jericho, and people of that day knew that that was a dangerous road. Some robbers came and surrounded him, and they tore off his clothes, and they beat him. They beat him down. And they left him there dying on the ground, almost dead. And it happened that a Jewish priest was going down that road. And he saw the man. But the Jewish priest did not stop to help him. He just walked away. He saw him. He had an opportunity to be a blessing, but he just walked away. Then a Levite came. A Levite, is, I explained all this yesterday in, in, in today's message, uh, today's word from yesterday. So if you missed it, go back and watch that. I explained who a priest was, and then I explained who a Levite is. And so here comes the Levite, and the Levite, one step below the priest, the Bible says saw him, had to go around him, and didn't do anything about him either. He just walked away. Even though he walked, he actually walked around the guy. Then a Samaritan came and traveled down the road, 
and he saw that the man was there hurt and lying down on the ground and he had compassion for him. So the Samaritan went out of his way to heal the man's wounds. He covered the man's wounds with cloth and the Samaritan had a donkey. So he put the man on a donkey and took him over to the hotel, the, to the inn. And there he cared for him. The next day, the Samaritan had already paid for that night, but then he went and went over to the front desk and paid, uh, gave them two silver coins. And he said, listen, I need you to take care of the man that's in room 12. This is the Rick Pena version. There's a man over there in room 12. I was taking care of him last night. I got to go, but I'm going to give you some money. I need you to take care of that man. And if you need, if you spend more money than this on that man, then when I come back, I'll give you the money. I'll take care of the bill. Don't even worry about money. I got you. Do whatever you got to do to take care of that man. So Jesus said to the lawyer, which one of these men, these three men that I just gave you, think that really extended the love of God to his neighbor? The teacher of the law said, well, obviously the one that helped him. He said, yeah, now you go out and you do the same because he was saying that you're not doing that for everybody. You're not doing that for Samaritans. And so he used a Samaritan to be a blessing to the Jew because there was a Jew asking a question that wasn't really being a blessing to Samaritans. So what does this mean for you today. Today, I'm going to deal with racial boundaries and all of this stuff and how the love of God has to extend beyond all of that. This is where I need you to rid your heart and mind of all distractions. Open up your heart to receive. You ready? All right, here we go. All right, right here. All right, number one, a call to authentic discipleship. There is a call. We have a call as a believer to authentic discipleship. We're supposed to be disciples as believers, disciples. We're supposed to, to walk with God, not just have lip service, but literally be disciple. The parable of the Good Samaritan calls us to a discipleship that is authentic and active and aligned with the heart of Jesus. Put this in the chat. Um, my, my relationship with God is authentic, is active, and is aligned with the heart of Jesus. I have to be authentic and active and aligned. So as a believer, what I want to do, there's far too many Christians, let me say it this way, that give God lip service where they draw nigh to God with their lips, but Jesus said their heart is far from me. They claim to have a relationship with God, but you cannot see the relationship in their actions. So as a believer, what we want to do is we want to walk out our relationship with God in such a way to where God is glorified in our life and living. Jesus leads us, the love of God will lead us, watch this, from indifference to involvement. Put in the chat, from indifference to involvement. There are many believers, and you got to be careful. This happens to me too, and this is something that, that I have to guard my heart about, because you know how you drive up to the light, and there's somebody there with a sign that says, I need help. I need food. And I don't carry cash all the time. Uh, but if I do have cash, I, I sometimes I'm, I'm you know, looking for them or whatever. Uh, but you got to guard your heart because I know that, yeah, there's scammers out there. That people, I got it. I got it. Right. But you just got to be open to the divine promptings of the Holy Spirit. What you don't want to do is allow yourself to ever get to the point where you become indifferent. And so as a believer... Oftentimes, the Holy Spirit will, will cause you to cross over from indifference 
to involvement. God doesn't want you to just be indifferent. God wants you, listen, if you're led by the Holy Spirit, if you're sensitive to the divine promptings of the Holy Spirit, there will be moments. I'm not saying every time. I'm not saying every time you get to the light, you got to do something. But I'm saying you just got to be open to the divine promptings of the Holy Spirit. And he will lead you to cross over from indifference to involvement. The Holy Spirit will lead you to do something. And when you're filled with the Holy Spirit and you're filled with the love of God, you got to be open. And if the Holy Spirit tells you to do something, you have to do something. It's not enough just to be moved emotionally. It's not enough to just be saying, oh my God, look at what's going on with such and such. It's not enough just to be emotional about it. You have to do something about it. When Jesus saw people that were in need, that they needed a touch from God, you know what he did? He did something about it. He didn't just talk about it. He he did something. He were, He was the hands and the feet of God in this world. And we're supposed to live the same way. We're supposed to be the hands and feet of God in this world. Empathy. Let me talk about the difference between empathy and compassion. I've, I've taught on this before, but I'm going to do it again. Empathy is the ability to mentally and emotionally put oneself in another's shoes, right? We are supposed to have empathy where you, you, you can mentally and emotionally connect with that person. Let me think about what it's like to be that person that's being empathetic, that's having empathy. So the Bible says in Romans 12 and 15, where we rejoice with those that rejoice, we weep with those that weep. I'm putting myself in the shoes of another and I connect with them and I get to feel what they feel so that I can relate to them in that way. That's empathy. But compassion takes it a step further. Put in the chat, I go from empathy to compassion. Compassion takes it a step further. It's not just about understanding the feelings of another person. It's about being moved to help. Put in the chat, I am moved to help. I'm not just moved to feel it. I'm moved to help, to alleviate the suffering. Compassion is empathy in action. You can put that in the chat. Compassion is empathy in action. Compassion takes it. Jesus was filled with compassion. When I taught the series on the miracles of Jesus, and I know that one of, one of the people watching just went back and watched that whole series because they, they missed it. Uh, but for those of you that watched the series on the miracles of Jesus that I did earlier this year, when I was teaching on the miracles of Jesus, I can't tell you how many times I used the word compassion. The Bible says Jesus was full of compassion, so he did something about it. Jesus was full of compassion, so he did something about it. Jesus was compelled by compassion to do something about it. He didn't just feel it. He did something about it. Compassion will, will compel you to take tangible steps to improve the situation of another person. So, so say this, I am filled with compassion. I am going to do something. I'm not just here to say it. I'm not just here to feel it. As a believer, if the Holy Spirit leads me to do something, I have to do something. I can't not do it. I will be compelled by compassion. The, this parable is a reminder that as a Christian, you have to live your faith. It's not enough to have a scripture at the bottom of your email signature block. It's not enough to have that little fish on the back of your car. It's not enough to just wear a t-shirt. No, no, no. If you're a Christian, you have to live it. It's not enough to just go to church on sun, Sunday after Sunday, Wednesday night after Wednesday night, talking about your faith with your friends. That's not enough. Authentic discipleship requires action. Put in the chat, my learning will turn into living. My learning, me going to church, that I'm learning. Me watching today's word, I'm learning. But my learning has to turn into living. This parable reminds us that we have to live out our faith Faith is an action word. Say amen to that. Number two, compassion beyond boundaries. And this is really 
this is where uh, the Lord really ministered to me when I got to this point this morning. Godly compassion sees the person, not the label. Godly compassion sees the person, not the label that society has put on the person. Godly compassion is about a human connection, not about social status, right? So godly, and, what, and watch this, let me be clear about this. And it doesn't, and I'm not talking about people that the world has labeled as low. There are some people that the world has labeled as high. There's some people, listen, those people need Jesus too. So, so this, listen, I, I, I'm blessed. I, I'm actually amazed by this. I'm blessed to be able to minister to people that are at the lowest of lows, but I'm also blessed to be in rooms with billionaires who need Jesus too. And so, so, so listen, don't, don't think that a lowly label means, oh man, they need, or the high label, oh, they don't need nothing. No, no, everybody needs Jesus. And so don't see the label, see the person that those people, these celebrities, they need Jesus too. These people that are all over, they need, this is why these people with all this money commit suicide because they need Jesus too. And so listen, as a, as a believer, you're here to minister to everybody. Don't just see the label. You need to see past the label, past the outward facade. You need to see the person. The Samaritan's actions in this parable broke through the walls of prejudice, broke through the walls. Listen, I already explained to you yesterday that there was a rift between the Jews and the Samaritans, and they did not associate with one another. But God's love knows no limits. Jesus used this story as an illustration where you had a priest. I explained this yesterday. The highest order was the priest, right? Not only was this guy a Levite, but he was a descendant of Aaron. And so this person was supposed to be closest to God. And he walked, he looked at him and did nothing and just walked away. That's religious activity. That's an outward facade. That's drawing nigh to me with your lips, but your heart is far from me. Then came one step down, a Levite. These are this out of the 12 tribes, only one tribe. These are the people that are supposed to be hearing from God, close to God. A Levite walked around them. And then here comes a Samaritan, a Samaritan who's supposed to have nothing to do with this Jew that's on the ground bleeding. A Samaritan who's supposed to have nothing. Supposedly, this is the, the bad person. The Samaritan is supposedly the one that's like, oh my God, these people are nasty and all. Guess what? This was the one that did something about it. It wasn't about your outward religious activity. It wasn't about your outward religious facade. No, the only person that was a blessing to this person was the one that the society thought would never be a blessing. It was a Samaritan. And so you got to extend a love of God that will go beyond social norms. Even when social norms... Watch this. The social norms of their day would have excused the Samaritan if the Samaritan did nothing about the Jew, because doing the social the social norms of their day would have would have given them a pass. Oh well, you know you're a Samaritan. He's a Jew anyway. You could just walk past him. But the two Jews that walked past that Jew did nothing, and so he didn't take the pass. He didn't take the social pass. He says no. Beyond the social norms. I'm going to do something. Beyond the social norms, I'm going to do what is right in God's sight. And so let me let me explain now, and I'm, I'm going to get a little bit personal now. Years ago, um, the Lord put Haiti and the people of Haiti on Isabella's heart, okay? This was 2010. Now, I, I don't know if, the, if she ever had a heart for Haiti before that, but it, it, I became aware of her compassion for Haiti in 2010. So in 2010, um, I was actually in Iraq, about to leave Iraq, when uh, the earthquake happened in Haiti. And the earthquake happened, I left. 
But when the earthquake happened, it was really heavy on Isabella's heart. Even though she was in Iraq, it was heavy on her heart. And she said, babe, I got to go to Haiti when I come back. And when you come back from deployment, you're supposed to go through like a cool off period. They don't want you to really get on a plane, go anywhere. You're supposed to like decompress and all of that. I don't think Isabella asked permission. She just got back and went to Haiti. She 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 got with a medical missions trip called the from the Leap Foundation, and she was part of a team of doctors and nurses that went to Haiti to do medical missions. and And she went and she was there for about two weeks, I think twelve days or something. And they went and they did all of these surgeries, and she was ministering to people. She was the only person on the team that speaks Creole, so she was translating. And then all these pictures of Isabella, all the girls, all the ladies were all over Isabella. You know, Isabella. That's who, that's how she is. That's who she is. So she was there. They were doing surgeries. They were ministering to people that were being the love and the hands and the feet of God and doing all of this stuff for the people of Haiti. And she's there and she's doing all of that. She's on this medical missions trip and she was, she didn't just have empathy. She had compassion. She went, she did something about it. Right. So she comes back. And then, uh, not too long ago, I believe it was last year. I was talking to one of the doctors. Now, Isabella, she didn't tell me this story. She, she would never tell me this story, but I thought it was pretty cool. One of the doctors that was on that missions trip with Isabella, on that medical missions trip, was, you know, I was talking to the doctor and the doctor uh, is, we went to go visit because he's Isabella's friend and uh, we visited him in his his practice and, and he stops to grab his nurses and says, let me tell you a story about Isabella, right? And so he starts to talk about Isabella and how she was on that trip and how she was the only one that knew Creole and how everybody flocked to her and all how all the girls and all the ladies were all over her and and how you know she was just being a blessing to everybody and when she, and and was bringing them food every day from the house that they were staying at and then when she was leaving Isabella gave all her clothes away so she came back with an empty bag right empty suitcase that's normal I, I, you know I didn't really think much of it that's the way Isabella is so anyway uh, he says that when they got, he said what really got him though was when they got to the airport, Isabella had already given everything away. And there was a lady at the airport that was basically asking for help. And that Isabella looked down and saw that the lady had no shoes. So Isabella had on nursing clogs. Isabella took off her nursing clogs, put it on the lady's feet, and flew home in socks. I, I didn't remember that. Like, I, I don't know. I guess when Isabella got to me, maybe I didn't see it or whatever. I, I don't, I didn't remember that part of the story. But anyway, he told that story and, and you know, you know, they kind of all teared up telling the story. But what is that? That's the compassion of God. I mean, that's, that's, that's not just empathy. That's compassion. That's not just, oh, I feel it. No, I, I'm, I need to do something about it. So Isabella's not from Haiti, but God put the heart, his heart in Isabella's heart for the people of Haiti, right? So years later, 2015, we retire uh, from the military, we go to the Dominican Republic. We're there for 30 days. Oh my God, that was so good. I'm on vacation and all of that. And we find out, Isabella's seeing these little Haitian kids. What's going on? We find out that there's Haitian children in my hometown of the Dominican Republic, La Vega, where they can't go to school because their parents don't have papers. Their parents are undocumented. And then we find out that there's some Haitian pastors that are trying, struggling to like, you know, do something about it, give these kids an education so that they can learn how to read and write and, and do arithmetic and do something. And, and they, they don't have anything. They don't have no money, blah, blah, blah. And I find out that there's 14 schools. So the Lord put it on my heart when we got back and I was moved with compassion. We got back from the Dominican Republic in August 
And in October, we went right back. So we went back and we visited all 14 schools. And the Lord told us, well, there was this one guy, Pastor Idori, that had these two little schools with 50 some kids. There was this little room where he had about 50 kids in a little room, 30 kids facing this way, 20 kids facing this way. He had no money for anything. And I said, well, and then in the afternoon, he was trying to teach like nine kids under a tarp in that heat. I was like, oh my God. And the Lord said, I want you to help this man. And I said, okay. So I said, what do you need? And he was like, um, he was like, um, um, I want a fridge. Can you buy me a fridge? And I was like, yeah, I can get you a fridge. So we got him a fridge. Then he was like, can, uh, I said, what else you need? He said, a blender. And, and can we get some cereal? I was like, dude, I got you, man. Just tell me what you need. And so long story short, I don't want to get too emotional, but long story short, uh, we went from that to now we have 200 kids. We have a compound. We have our own a land that's paid for, two buildings that are paid for. We have all the classrooms. We have a cafeteria. We get to feed these kids every day. We get to feed the staff members, 17 staff members, all of that. And it's all the heart of God and it's all the grace of God, all of that. And we're doing it and we're doing it for the glory of God. I bring it up not to bring in, shed any light on us. This is all about Jesus, but I bring it up for two reasons. One, it shows the compassion of God. Two, it, it addresses exactly. Now I want to bring up this point about racism. That, that is the issue in this parable about racism. One of the things that, that frustrates me to no end is when somebody in the Dominican Republic, it just happened to me the other day, two days ago, this happened to me, right before I came back, it frustrates me when somebody from the Dominican Republic says to me, why are you helping those Haitians? It takes everything for me not to go off when somebody says that. Why are you helping those Haitians? The Samaritan was the one that helped. The racial boundary is one of the issues that's being pointed out in this parable. Why are you helping those Haitians? And when somebody asks me, why are you helping those Haitians? Then a lot of times somebody else would be like, oh no, you don't understand. You know, his ministry also feeds the prisoners here in the Dominican Republic and they're Dominican. And his ministry also gives out the backpacks and, and to, to, to those kids and they're Dominican. And, and, and his ministry also, you know, feeds people. They go out to the lowest areas and, and real people that are really, really, really poor. And those people, they're Dominican. And they go, oh, okay, I didn't know that. Like now that justifies it because we're also helping Dominicans. But the question was still, why do you help those Haitians? Remember, what started this parable? What started this parable? A lawyer says to Jesus, who is my neighbor? The parable of the Good Samaritan comes in response to who is my neighbor? Well, who is my neighbor? The compassion of the Holy Spirit knows no boundaries. The compassion of the Holy Spirit is not limited to people that just look like you that people that are within your social circle. No, beyond ethnic boundaries, beyond physical boundaries, national boundaries, beyond socioeconomic status boundaries. Listen, regardless of a race or ethnicity or age or gender or money, at the end of the day, the love of God is supposed to be extended to everyone, everywhere. God loves us to love, God calls us to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. Who is our neighbor? That's the point of this parable. Who is our neighbor? Our neighbor is everybody. I am so honored that God has graced me to minister to black, white, Hispanic, and Asian, rich and poor, 
billionaires and janitors. I mean, like everybody. Generals and privates. God has called me to minister to all types of people. And it has nothing to do with the color of their skin or how much money they have. God has called us to be his hands and feet. But the love of God requires us to look beyond our biases. We all have biases. Don't act like you don't. I, I, I have to check my heart too. We all have biases. We don't, we all, it's so quick, it's so easy to be indifferent when you see somebody asking for money. So easy to blow them off. Check your heart. You want to walk in the footsteps of the Good Samaritan. You want to be the hands and feet of God. The light and the love and the compassion of Jesus in this dark and selfish world. God has called us. You and I, look at me. We're supposed to be the hands and feet of God. Let's make a commitment right now that we're going to do better. That we're going to check our heart for any biases. We're going to be open to the divine promptings of the Holy Spirit. And then when God tells us to do something, we're going to do it. We're not just going to feel it. We're not just going to talk about it. We're going to do it. I, I, I don't know. I, my heart is like, not heavy, like heavy, sad, heavy, but my heart is heavy. Like this is something we got to do better heavy. You know, I mean, it really bothers me that 11 o'clock Sunday morning is the most segregated hour in the United States of America. There's white churches and black churches. Rick, I'm, the, I'm not black or white. So where am I supposed to go to church? You want me to go to a Spanish church? Because I mean, come on, this is stupid. This is ridiculous. We have too much in common to be uncommon. Let's be a blessing to one another. Right, that's enough. Uh, let, let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want you to lift up your voice and speak this over your life. Say, Father, this is a season of refreshing and restoring for me. I boldly declare that my discipleship will be authentic, active, and aligned with the love of Jesus. I will not be a Christian in name only. I will act on your word. I will cross over from indifference to involvement. My compassion will be coupled with action. Faith without works is dead. Jesus was moved to help those in need and I will be moved as well. I don't see labels. I don't see social status. I see the heart of people that need Jesus. And I am committed to breaking through the walls of prejudice to embody your love in this world. Your spirit compels me to be a blessing. And I declare that I will. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word. So please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages, if you're not getting my notes, please sign up to get my notes. Go to todaysword.org, click on the big red subscribe button. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Please hear my heart today. Let's be the Good Samaritan. Let's help whoever the Lord tells us to help, regardless of race, ethnicity, color of skin, how much money, doesn't matter. Billionaires need Jesus too. CEOs need Jesus too. We need to minister to whoever the Lord puts, us, puts in front of us and says, be a blessing to that person. 
we need to be a blessing to that person. I love you. God loves you more. Do me a favor. Leave me some comments in the chat if this message was a blessing to you. And then share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. I love you. This is this is heavy on my heart. I pray that this ministers to you the way that it's ministered to me. Have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow morning. God bless you. If you enjoyed this content and you would like to know more about our ministry or you would like to partner with us in what we're doing in the Caribbean, being a blessing to Haitian children in the Dominican Republic, then please go to ripministries.org. You'll be able to find out more information there. And if you'd like to make a donation, all the donations are tax deductible in the United States. A few months ago, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to set up a coaching and mentorship program. And Isabella and I set that up. And so now we make ourselves available on three different levels for those that want access to us and to learn things about maximizing your potential, increasing your personal productivity and fulfilling your life's purpose. If you're interested in that, go to patreon.com forward slash Rick Pina. And then lastly, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to write several books and journals to help people grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Please go to rickpina.co if you don't have our material. And there's also apparel there as well. Listen, thank you for being a blessing to us. We pray that our ministry will continue to be a blessing to you.